Hey, my name's Logan. Hey, my name's Logan. <laughs> it is. Well, actually, it's Alyssa. Oh, uh, wow. Threw me off for a second there and <laughs> threw everyone off as well. Um, did you feel like when you were looking at me, you were looking into a mirror when I said that? Yes, I did. <laughs> Perfect. Exactly what I was going for. Great. Um, well, this is an episode of The Marketer's Cut, Bad Movie Marketing, where we like to uh, take some movies, uh, typically a newer one and an older one, and um, talk about the marketing, talk about what they did, and talk about how we would do it 100% better all of the time. Time is relative. What are you even trying to say? What is your point? Well, I mean, technically one's newer, technically one's older. We oh, that's could what do you mean, yeah. One that happens a month before another one that's a newer and older one. Really, what are we doing here? Okay, so <laughs> um, this week, uh, things are a little light in the movie release industry. So we went back to the middle of 2020 and pulled one of my favorite movies of the year, Palm Springs. We're going to talk about that one this week. And um, given the fact that Palm Springs is, you know, like a Lonely Island production kind of. Um, no, definitely. It says at the beginning, Lonely Island production. Oh, so yeah. Okay. It okay, actually okay, okay, okay. definitely is. There's no question about it. You're right. You're right. Well, given that it's a Lonely Island, Island production, we decided to go with the last full length Lonely Island production. That's excluding the Bash Brothers one on Netflix. You remember that? Yes. Yeah, so we're not doing that. We were doing Popstar with it, because Popstar is also one of my favorite movies. One of, one of the best comedies of the past decade, 100%. Do you think that's why it tanked in the box office? Don't. We'll talk about that <laughs> later. It makes me very sad. Um, so do you want to you wanna move right on into Palm Springs? Yeah, let's talk about Palm Springs, directed by... Uh, you have no clue who... My mother. Not... No. No, <laughs> not your mother. Uh, produced by... Okay. Okay. This movie was directed by <laughs> Max Barbacal. Um, we'll give a quick little synopsis from IMDb. So, when carefree Niles and reluctant maid of honor Sarah have a chance encounter at a Palm Springs wedding, things get complicated as they are unable to escape the venue, themselves, or each other. Wow. Yep, pretty um pretty vague. I think intentionally. Um, I had the the pleasure. Let's be clear. This is a time loop movie. Yes. Um, kind of like Groundhog Day. Kind of like Happy Death Day. Kind of like Live Die Repeat. Which like that'd be a great one to do on this podcast eventually because like, what a weird situation. Like officially changing the title of that movie and everything. Hmm. But um, yeah, this is definitely a time loop movie now. The synopsis here doesn't really give that away, which is fine. You know, it doesn't have to. Um, the trailer does make it clear what it is. Yes. But I went into this movie back in July when it came out, which it came out on July 10th on Hulu. So it's a Hulu exclusive. I went into this movie not knowing anything about it. Just heard that it was great. Saw it had a really good Rotten Tomato score. Um, first 15 minutes of the movie, first 10 minutes before you it, before it explicitly tells you what it is. I had no idea what I was watching, and then when it reveals itself that it's a time loop, I was blown away. That was really cool. It was a very interesting way to reveal the time loop situation. I agree. I think it was done well. Yeah, one of my favorite parts is like that intro is when he's he's laying on the float in the pool, and he's talking about uh, he's talking to some other guy, and he's like, "Every day is the same," and it just sounds very uh, carefree. 
very um, almost depressed. You know, he's just mm-hmm. done with it. And like, okay, that's the kind of guy we're dealing with here. But then later you learn that every day literally is the same for him. <laughs> so um, it was a nice little funny joke. And also I think they used that in the trailer, which was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like I said, this movie came out in July on Hulu. It was um, sort of like an event release for for me because it, it was the first time that uh, like a, a big movie that, you know, people seemed excited for um, actually had like a, a release weekend, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um after COVID started, uh, I, I know there were movies that came out on premium VOD before that, but this one felt like exciting, I guess, because um, The Old Guard came out the same weekend on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Yes, it did. So it was just like, oh, hey, this is like what it feels like when there's a big weekend at the box office and like, oh, what movie are we going to see? Like, which one are we going to pick? We did watch both that weekend, but still. <laughs> um, so uh, I remember that, though. It did premiere at Sundance in January of 2020. Um so Neon is uh, the uh, Neon is the um, distributor that like put out Parasite and Portrait of a Lady on Fire and everything. Um, they also picked up this movie with Hulu, and they reportedly reportedly paid seventeen million five hundred thousand and sixty nine cents for the film. Wow! Apparently, the previous record for highest sale from a film from Sundance was seventeen million five hundred thousand. <laughs> so this broke the record by 69 cents. So I don't know why. I don't know if they just wanted to make it a funny goof. Like, huh, 69, nice. Mm-hmm. Or um, if they thought maybe, like, breaking this record would give it some nice press. Like, hey, look, this movie is, like, the highest sale from Sundance ever now. Talk about it in your articles. Ooh, good point, good point. But it's uh, the number still is a weird number to break it by. Um, I just thought that was a funny, funny question. Cool I mean, thing. I think it's better than one cent. Like, one cent's, like, boring. It's objectively better than one cent. But uh-huh. you could have done a lot of things. You could have done eight cents. That eight's a good number. I agree with that. <laughs> I definitely agree okay. with that. Um, all right. So, this movie comes out. It was exciting. Hulu claimed that the film set the opening weekend record on their platform by netting uh, more hours watched over its first three days than any other film. Wow. Um, it's a weird way to phrase it, like more hours watched. Like, I don't know, maybe less people total watched it, but those people finished the film, and a lot of people watch things but don't finish it on Hulu. I don't know. It was a weird way to phrase it. But that's pretty impressive, yeah. I think. Um. Yeah, and uh, I should have brought this up earlier when we talked about what it sold for, but this movie was made on a budget of only $5 million. Wow. Yeah, pretty cheap. Uh, when you factor in what, like, Neon and Hulu paid for it, you know, we're looking at, like, a $22.5 million, you know, budget to release that movie on Hulu, or to at least acquire the right. And, and you know what I mean. Like, it's kind of, like, total cost. Um, so, overall, pretty cheap. It sounds like it was pretty successful for the platform. I think so, too. Uh, do you want to guess what the Rotten Tomato score was? No, we did watch the trailer, and in the trailer it shows uh, 100% of Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. As of, like, June 16th. And this movie came out almost a month after that. So what do you think the Rotten Tomatoes score kind of settled at? 98. 94. Okay. But still, it's still really good. Yeah. And um, I was really close. That's what you should have said. You wow. were really close. Almost got it. <laughs> the audience score was an 88%. Boo! I mean, it's a pretty good audience score. Now, what surprises me about this movie is that it has a higher critic score than audience score. 
Okay. And that's not like a bad thing. I just expected that this movie would have been like, if anything, a movie that was um, rejected more by critics and loved more by audiences. Yeah, because the time loop idea itself is like a dumb old thing. We see it. Excuse you. It's a great old thing. I love it. It's one of my favorite well, subgenres of film. Yeah, but you can't do it good. Like Groundhog Day did it, and you're like, okay, Groundhog cool. Day did it good. Happy Death Day, not even a great movie, but a great movie because it's a time loop movie. Okay, nobody does it that good. Look, there's a part in Happy Death Day where the the main character is like, fuck it, I don't care anymore, and just like walks out of her door and walks across the campus lawn naked. If I was in a time loop movie, I would do that. Okay. Um, anyways. It's fantasy fulfillment. So I, but I like this movie more than I thought I would because I was like, time loop movie. And then I watched it and I was like, okay, no, they did that incredibly well considering it's a dumb time loop movie, which is usually like this dumb gimmicky thing. Yeah. I mean, we're going to have a lot of words after the podcast because how dare you? But I see what you're saying. It's also a romantic comedy, which it kind of, if you look at the other end of that, maybe it doesn't, um... They just don't, the two don't line up together, but this pairs them so well It blends them very well, yeah, I agree. I definitely agree. Um, so let's get into, like, sort of the the actual marketing by this. Now, one thing I want to point out is that, like, the casting was done by Allison Jones, who, you know, did casting for The Office, Parks and Recreation, Freaks and Geeks, industry legend. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's a great thing. If you put her name in a trailer, then I'll be interested, if that makes sense. Yeah. Now, maybe not everyone will be, but she's amazing at what she does. Mm-hmm. And I um, thought that was cool. Um, you want to talk about the trailers and posters? Mm-hmm. What do you think about the posters for Palm Springs? So cool. I really liked them. Um, I, I like the color scheme a lot. That's what I was going to say. The colors for that movie are excellent. I don't know what it is. They just are perfect. Yeah, one of my favorite things in, like, sort of graphic design is kind of when you... Say you have a background of two colors, and then you have something in the foreground, and um, the colors are kind of reversed. So, like, in this one, you have them both... Uh, Andy Samberg's character and Kristen Milioti's character, character like, floating on their floats in the pool. Mm-hmm. And one is, like, pink, and one is yellow. And then you look at the Palm Springs text, and, like, it starts with, like, yellow and ends with pink. Mm-hmm. Or something. So, it's a cool... Um, I just think it looks really nice. It looks really clean and coherent it was and stuff. Really clean. It definitely, I guess, captures the setting of the movie as well. Uh, like the westerny, dusty, deserty kind of location. I just get that. How, I don't know, but I look at the poster and I go, yeah, uh huh, that makes sense. Yeah, it, it really it gets the vibe of the movie pretty mm-hmm. well. Um, like, I love this movie. It's the kind of poster that. Um, I mean, it's not the greatest poster I've ever seen, but it's like something I'd like on my wall or something just because I love the movie so much. hundred percent. Mainly the one of them on the pool, not like the head, head Yeah, one. no, not the headshot one, but the one of them in the pool is really nice. I would love that up somewhere. That's a really nice poster. Now, what do you think of the trailer? Trailer also, I think, really encapsulates it. Uh, I also think the, the movie is serious, but the movie is also funny and... I think those two things are hard to get in the trailer. I mean, I got that it was going to be kind of funny. Uh, I didn't get how serious it could be. Yeah. But I thought it did a good job because I also didn't... I like going in and being like, whoa, that's actually really funny. But also this movie's really serious. I kind of like the shock of it. Yeah. Um, 
So, I mean, I thought, again, didn't encapsulate everything the movie gives off when you watch it, but I like how they did it. Yeah, I um, was doing research for this episode and came across, like, some Reddit thread from, like, the box office, box office subreddit or something, and um, it was weird because I found someone complaining that, like, the marketing didn't do this movie justice, and they said that, like, oh, it just seemed like a boring rom-com. And like I don't, I don't like um, reducing a genre to you know something like that. But I get like how people do that. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, when we watch this trailer, maybe it's gonna feel like a weird rom com, and it didn't at all. Like it's pretty out there. Like you see like the cave where they walk into, and it causes like the time loop stuff. You see some weird stuff. He literally takes the bomb out of the cake and throws it in the air in the trailer. Yeah, I and know. You're That's like, what I'm saying. Is, <laughs> How do you mean it's a boring rom-com? Yeah, he took I, a bomb from a cake and threw it in the air at a wedding. Yeah, I don't know. I guess it's the person who's like, oh, hey, look, a relationship. Lame. Yeah, I mean, if they're dumb. on Reddit, that's probably why. You're right. You're right. Um, so, yeah, I, I agree with turning to everything you said about the trailer. Now, I did find a... Um, a press document that Hulu put out and you can find this on like Hulu's website. It's press.hulu.com and you can see kind of stuff for all of their content. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, there was a long press document and it's filled with a lot of like, it's all the credits from the movie are in there. And then for main cast members and main, uh, members, you know, the creative team and everything, it has a like, bios. So the Andy Samberg, it talks about how, you know, he did pop star and how, He's producing stuff. You know how he's like a producer on um, I Think You Should Leave on Netflix and everything. Um, just a little bio of him that's interesting. But there's this one uh, sort of like poem mm-hmm. in there that was by the film. I guess, I'll, I'll read it to you. So it says, Weddings, love, family, exes, heartbreak, a whole lot of pain and suffering, a fair amount of joy. Babies, beers, burritos, death, war, violence, and finally, sex, drugs, and a big rock with a hole in it. Most of life can be boiled down to these words. So can Palm Springs. The filmmakers. The filmmakers wrote that? Yeah, that's what it says. That is, that's good. Yeah, that's I'd good. also, i get that like tattooed on my back or something. Please don't say okay. that. Um, so I just wanted to put that in there. So now do you want to move into um, our, our marketing ideas, our fun stuff that we'll do with this? Uh, I want. I have all, so many ideas. You I do? just want to hear yours first. Oh, you want to hear mine first? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad that you have a lot of ideas. I'm excited to get to all the ideas that you have. Yeah. <laughs> okay. My, my first one is um, this movie was picked up in January. I don't know when they were planning on releasing it. It was probably going to get a, well, no, Hulu bought it. So it probably wasn't going to get a theatrical release. Yeah. Um, but maybe it was, I don't know, but I do know that the Super Bowl is always in like February or March or something. Time is not. It's in, it's the beginning of February. Okay. There we go. You didn't know that? Well, so maybe they could have also done this for, like, the NBA Finals. Wait, no, those were delayed this year because of the <laughs> pandemic. Um, the Oscars. I don't know. Some big television event, okay? And you have a 30-second... A you buy a couple of 30-second spots during the event. And the first one, you just show your boy Andy. Um, wake up. Do some weird things. At the end, it's like Palm Springs. Coming out this day. And then later on in the broadcast, you get another 30-second ad, but it's the same thing. But he's like, what? This has already happened to me? So he's kind of like, 
discovering the time loop, and you're discovering the time loop with him throughout the broadcast of whatever this big event is. That is a very good idea. I think it'd be really fun. And yeah, cool. it'd be really funny and cool. It'd be perfect for the Oscars. I hope it gets recognized at the Oscars, but I don't know if it will. I d- if it if for anything, it'd be like screenplay, and I doubt it will. But it was good. It was really good. I just don't think it'll get any Oscar Oscar recognition. Sadly, oh. yeah. Now uh, let's pull one of the big ideas out of your big hat. What if you gave out? sunglasses that look like palm trees. <laughs> what the fuck? Right? Right? And it says palm springs over the leaves over your eye hole. Um, and everybody knows that you are cool and you like this cool, cool movie. Okay, that's... A good idea. Yeah, yeah sure. That's great. Um, I have another one. You okay. ready? All right. So, Maybe. uh, you sell, you sell a little gag gift and it's a calendar mm-hmm. and they're every date on the calendar is November 9th. Every single day. Okay. You know, so you just peel off the day and you're like, oh man, it's the same day again. Uh oh. Palm Springs. <laughs> That's one bad idea. All right, I got another one that kind of goes off of it. Okay. All right, so you sell like a, it's a poster, but it's kind of thick. You're like, this poster is real thick. And then one day you realize that you can peel off the poster. Okay. And under it is another poster, but something slightly different. Because it's like the same day, but like you did something to change it. And it's like, oh, wow. You know what I'm saying? Um, I want to see a short film about what Roy did during his days. Well, I think he mainly killed Niles. Well, it doesn't seem like he did it every day, so I want to see what he did on the other days. Like, what all... Um, what all did he do? And I want to see a whole thing about that. Like, maybe one day he goes and he does kill other people. Maybe some days he just lays in bed all day. I just want to see what Roy does. That's a good point. You know, like maybe it's like the uh, the in credit sequence of Game Night where it shows like the cop neighbor, and he's like got his plan for how he planned out the whole thing in Game Night. Mm-hmm. Um, and the the days that Roy doesn't kill Niles, he's just planning how he's going to kill Niles next. Well, I also considered maybe that is what <laughs> he was doing. It seems like he is completely consumed by Niles because I mean, at one point he shows up, he somehow got his hands on. A police vehicle. He might be a policeman. You literally don't know. I guess you're right. So, I don't know. But, yeah, that's what Roy's doing, maybe. And maybe he's doing some other stuff. Until he one day learned to love his family. Yes. Family is love. Family is life. Wow. (laughs) Maybe that's right. Your big idea for this movie, that's the tagline. Family is love, family is life. No, it has nothing to do with this movie other than, like, those two seconds that Roy talks about it. Honestly, Live Like There's No Tomorrow also has very little to do with this movie. Except for the fact that there is no tomorrow. Yeah, which is half of the phrase. Live like there is no tomorrow because there is no tomorrow. Um, Would you like to move on to Popstar now? Watch out! Watch out! I got it all. No, don't sing it. No, 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 no. (laughs) Um, so Popstar is a movie. It's actually called Popstar and Never Stop Never Stopping. Wait, it's a movie? Yeah. 
And we're talking about it on our movie podcast. Do you want to uh, fight me? Uh, no, right now I'm holding our dog's hand, and I think she's really sleepy, but I think she would fight you if he tried to fight me right now. That's a fair point. Thank you. Um, so this movie was directed by um, the non... My dad. No, it wasn't. <laughs> it was directed by the non-Samberg parts of The Lonely Island. So well, jo- why don't you say their names? Jorma Tacone and Akiva Schaefer. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure I pronounced those correctly. Um, so the synopsis for this movie... When it becomes clear that his solo album is a failure, a former boy band member does everything in his power to maintain his celebrity status. Fair synopsis. Fair synopsis. Um, This movie opened on June 3rd, 2016. Uh, I want to talk about the box office stuff for a second, but before, I did search Popstar on Box Office Mojo, and Mm -hmm. of course Popstar was the first result. The second result Mm -hmm. was the Lizzie McGuire movie. Why would that be under pop star? Does she, doesn't she like perform? She is a pop. She's a pop star. star. That's why. I but think the title's not called. Heaven. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Thought you would enjoy that. Um. So this movie. Uh, remember, we said Palm Springs is made on a five million dollar budget. This was made on a budget of twenty million dollars. Yeah, that makes a lot more sense. Um. Opening weekend, it only made four point six million dollars. Mm-hmm. Not great. Um. Total domestic, it made about nine point six million, and total international forty thousand. So it actually really didn't even get an international release. It, it had a very small one. Yeah. Um. So worldwide, you know, it made a little less than ten million dollars on its twenty million dollar budget. Mm-hmm. This is the very definition of a box office bomb. Mm-hmm. It, man, it was it's bad. Um. If we go look at like Rotten Tomatoes for it, it had a seventy nine percent critic score. Which is, I mean, it's pretty good. Not really bad for a critic score yeah, for I mean, like a comedy. It's certified fresh. 65 audience score. Some people do not like this movie. Yeah, and they're idiots. No, I mean, <laughs> Britain doesn't like this movie. Okay. You know that. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. I didn't remember that at least. He's not an idiot. Okay, good. I was joking. Um, but yeah, it, it, again... Like Palm Springs, a little weird that it's, like, higher on the critic scale than it is on the audience scale. Mm-hmm. Um, Agreed. The cinema score for this movie, you know, because we're back to talking about a movie that came out when theaters existed. Mm-hmm. Um, cinema score was a B. Not okay. amazing. Not amazing. But, again, these are opening weekend things. Like, um, we saw it opening weekend, and I would have given this movie an A+, walking out, mm-hmm. you know? Do you remember when we saw this movie? What do you mean? The exact day? Do you remember the other movies we watched on this day? Yes, I do. Me Before You and, and Teenage, Teenage Mutant Ninja, Ninja Turtles. Turtles 2. Yes, I do. I do completely remember that. And then that night we saw a screening and we, someone said, hey, you weren't supposed to see three movies today. And we said, didn't know. And they said, yeah, we didn't either. Yeah, that's when like, we worked at the theater and we saw three movies in a day for free, which was amazing. Um... But, no, I just want to talk about the cinema score for these other movies that came out that weekend. Okay. So, Me Before You, an A. Eh. I mean, it's not an A compared to Popstar. But, I, I, I mean, I guess the people going to see that, for the most part, I can see enjoying it. Yeah. It's another okay. movie that our friend Britton doesn't like. That's true. So, and I'm... Knowing him, I'm going to guess that he also wasn't a big fan of TMNT, too. <laughs> so, this is just a really bad weekend <laughs> for the Britton box office. You the the Pizza Loving Turtles? 
I mean, maybe he does, but not these movies. Okay. You know what okay. I'm saying? Not the new, like, I don't know. That TMNT2 had an A-. minus. <laughs> so Popstar was really the loser of the weekend. I didn't look at box office numbers for those, but probably box office-wise as well. Yeah, probably. Um, so uh, let's talk about kind of, like, the marketing for this for a second. Um, the posters uh, are very gold. Yes. And um, the one is very Bieber-esque. Yes. And stuff, so that's cool. But, I mean, the posters, um, other than that, I don't think are very special. I think that they... Oh, we're not... Okay. No, we're going to talk about posters, yeah. Well, I wasn't going to talk about a poster. You're talking about a trailer? We're talking about a whole marketing thing. Oh, what they could do for it? Not what they could do for it, just what they didn't do for it. Like, I just think they... I mean, the fact that it's like a... Bieber parody, that's kind of funny, but you're so not going to have... We're going to talk about that in a second, because it's kind of not. And they talked about it in an interview, and it's a really interesting thing. Okay, well, it's like this thing, and like that's cool. But I just feel like they should have, I guess, focused more on like an SNL. Hey guys, you like SNL, you like funny people, you should watch this. Because I think a lot of... The marketing and the merch and stuff that they made for this movie was spot on in a lot of ways uh, to the point where we bought it. Uh, I, we bought at least two Popstar things. So you did buy me the Popstar soundtrack on vinyl. And I also did buy the Style, Style Boys, Boys crew, neck. crew Neck hoodie. Or yeah. Your next sweatshirt. And the albums, you could like pick what picture you wanted because they had all the different albums that he quote unquote made. Um, in the boy band or not. So that was a really cool idea. Like I was like, which one would Logan like the best? That was like really fun. Um, but I just don't think they marketed what it was. Well, I Um, think you're just going to basically get people who love lonely Island, which is us to see it. But I think you should have pushed an SNL cast. I think you should have been like, Hey, do you remember hot rod? Which also wasn't like a big movie, but I think you need to kind of be pushing. Yeah. Hey. This well, that is that like... was like the other Lonely Island production too. Was Hot Rod like they all had a big part in that too? Yeah, exactly. And then I forgot Bill Hader was in that, and he was also in a uh, Hot Rod. Yeah. People love Bill Hader now. You know, like he was a lot smaller then, and now he's huge, and he doesn't have a big role. But again, I think they should have pushed more of those, and then like. Then hear more about like what they did. Well, wait. Like, Ringo Starr was in it. Like, Well, yeah, but had, he had like, a very cameo-type role. I know. Role. They had, like, all these dumb... So, like, Usher was in it. Like, it's so stupid. But I think you should, like, push some of that some more as well. Yeah, I feel you. Um, so I'm going to talk about what they did for a little bit and then what it, uh, the the three style boys didn't like about the marketing. Um, so first, like, on May 10th, 2016, which is about a month before it came out, Sandberg made an appearance on The Voice in character as Connor for real. Which I need to go watch this, apparently. We have to watch that. But um, he performed <laughs> I'm So Humble alongside Judge Adam Levine. Levine? Uh-huh. Levine? I don't know. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Um, the man with all the, the weirdly placed tattoos on his body. Uh-huh. Um, and then he also gave answers to contestants, like in a, Q, a farcical Q&A uh, session, mm-hmm. which sounds great. He's like in character as Connor on that. Like, yeah. It sounds great. Um, they also promoted... The film with an SNL digital short in which he appeared as Connor for real, and that they, they, they debuted the song "Finest Girl" on SNL. 
which I don't get how that works because it's one of the more explicit ones from the mm-hmm. um, from the album. But also, like, they put things like Dick in a Box on SNL, right? Yeah. Yeah. So they, they found a way. Um, and then also the song I'm a Weirdo um, was released early on their YouTube channel. And I don't think that song is even in the movie, but it's, like, on the soundtrack and there's a music video for it. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of some cool things they did. But one thing that they didn't like was how the marketing team pushed the Bieber aspect a lot. Because it's not really a Bieber parody. It makes a couple of Bieber jokes. Mm-hmm. But it's not a Bieber parody. So this is what Sandberg said. The studio is very supportive. I'm not trying to talk bad about them. But the marketing department really wanted to lean into the Bieber aspect of it. And we did not at any point feel like what we were making was a Bieber movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a little bit misleading if you kind of focus... On the Bieber stuff. Um, Schaefer said, it's a movie that has like 10 jokes a minute. Let's say there's 500 jokes in the movie. Three are directly pulled from him. As, and then Bieber is what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. Like, you can probably find way more about other artists, but they put all three in every piece of marketing that there was. Even the 30-second ad had those three jokes. And they chose the one outfit he wore that was similar, the white outfit, which was the Never Say Never outfit. Yeah. And he's talking about the outfit they put on the poster. Mm-hmm. So the marketing's very Bieber-centric. Um, and Sandberg even also says this. Um, it's also the never say never paired with never stop, never stopping that made it seem like that's what we were doing. Because, um, you know, Bieber had the never say never movie. Yeah. And actually the working title for this movie was Connor for real. That's what it was going to be called. And then the studio comes to him and says, what about pop star never stop, never stopping? And they agreed to it because they said they thought it was funny. Mm-hmm. But I think now they sort of regret it a little bit because... It just makes it seem more Bieber-centric than it is. Yeah. And, I mean, I feel what they're saying. Like, if it's not a Bieber parody, don't make it seem like it is. Because also, like, you're either going to get people's hopes up for it being a Bieber parody. Yeah. And there's not There's that. not enough Bieber in it for it yeah. to be a Bieber parody. Or you're going to get someone like... you. I mean, luckily, I was a Lonely Island fan. But also, you could I have someone like me see the trailer and not get any of the Bieber jokes. Like, I wouldn't have gotten that the, the Never Stop, Never Stopping thing was a Bieber joke. Interesting. And I wouldn't have gotten that the outfit was a Bieber outfit and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Even, I, I think the drums, him playing the drums is, like, one of the Bieber things. Because isn't that, like, a, a popular clip from the Never Say Never thing? Yeah. So I may have gotten that. But, like, I don't think I would have even realized, oh, they're doing a Bieber thing here. So this wouldn't have caught me at all. Mm-hmm. And then you had people who are Bieber fans that probably aren't too keen on seeing a Bieber parrot. Yeah, see, that's what I was thinking too. You don't, you don't want to see people making fun of Justin Bieber, and I, yeah, it just wasn't a great way to market it. Yeah, and also like Bieber was such a punching bag then by people who like hate pop music and stuff. Yeah, that it just kind of seems like an unfunny angle if yeah. that's the only thing you're doing. Yeah. So, but obviously, clearly, the marketers were like, "Oh, no, this is the funniest thing. Let's do it." <laughs> and I mean, I don't know if that was the problem with it, but something didn't work yeah, because this movie I agree. bombed. Um, so now that we've identified, like, what didn't work, what would you do for Popstar? I've already said that they did the Style Boy sweatshirt. That's so funny. They picked where you got to do your own, pick what album you wanted with the record in it, the vinyl. That's so funny. You can't do it better. That's true. I, I agree. Now, look, I think if... TikTok had been around when this movie came out, that they could have hit so a, a gold mine with the donkey roll on TikTok, I think. And yeah, really, I, I can even see too. now the donkey roll 
picking up on TikTok. If the right person did it, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And yeah. like, I don't know, like I'm going to post some tweet about this new episode coming out when we publish it. And I'm going to say something like, if we can get like 15 retweets on this tweet, I will post a video of me doing the donkey roll. <laughs> That's going to be embarrassing. It will be. But I'll learn it. I'll watch the movie again. I will learn it. Um, I'll do the the part where he's like, I'm a style boy for life. Oh, yeah, where he lifts his finger up. Oh, yeah. I'm lifting my finger now. It's a, a audio medium, so you can't see, but that's what <laughs> I'm doing. Um, but no, I think um, something like that could have been big. I mean, I don't know. Was Vine around then? Can you do a six-second donkey roll? Probably not. I don't know when Vine shut down. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I think that would have been a really cool thing. But obviously, like, the merch was cool. Um, the fact that they released, like, all the songs in the movie, plus, like, ten additional songs on the soundtrack. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. Um, and probably could have helped a little bit, but, again, the movie didn't do too well. Yeah, the music videos, A+, plus, they're so good. A lot was put into this movie, especially on, like, the, the, um, the paratextual side of it. You know, you get all the music videos and you get the weird stuff that's not in the movie at all. Yeah. And it still just seemed to not work out too well. Yeah, I agree. It does seem like they put a lot of work into it. And again, like, we appreciate it. Like, we see it and we're like, that's so funny that they went this far to do this. So then what do you do to make it more widespread? <sighs> I was thinking that would be what we'd have to talk about. Um, but they did some stuff on SNL. I, I don't know. I feel like that would kind of be where you would need... To push it, or, yeah, just making it less Bieber-esque. This is so hard, because, like, the voice idea is so cool. That's so funny. And, like, it's such a popular show, and it still just didn't work. Yeah. It's really a mind bog, and then maybe we're, um, we're not the best people to talk about this, because we're like, this movie's perfect. Just show any clip from this movie, and bam, you got a hit. Well... I don't know if you like up like uh who's that lady? Um Deborah? Yes. Uh Deborah's name is um Maya, Maya Rudolph. Rudolph. Like I don't think a lot of people got Maya Rudolph was in it. Like she was pretty funny in it. Uh I thought Sarah Silverstein was pretty funny in it. Um God, the guy who played uh Hunter Oh, yeah. Oh, Chris Red. Yeah, he was so good. And Chris Red is an SNL cast member now, I believe. Yeah, like, he was very good. It had been, I don't know if people knew him. No, I don't think he was a cast then. member then, and yeah. I think maybe they should have shown more clips of him. That was really funny. Um, I really don't know. Yeah, I mean, only thing I can say is maybe, like, do more appearances as Connor for real. Maybe, maybe the voice was a great commitment to the bit, but they didn't commit to the bit enough. Ooh, yeah, get Maybe. on Ellen. Get on Jimmy Fallon. Yeah, because like uh, there is a clip in the movie where he's like on Jimmy Fallon, but I think that was like a stage thing where they got yeah. Jimmy Fallon for it. But do it for real. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And I don't know if you just get in bit a little more. And maybe, um, I mean, it's a mockumentary. Take like a Blair Witch approach to it, where you treat it like it's real. Maybe you can't do that when you had Andy, Andy Samberg as like. See, I'm also surprised that, like, just seeing that it's Andy Samberg, but I guess this was probably around the time that Brooklyn Nine-Nine, like, started. No, Brooklyn Nine-Nine was around when we were in high school. Yeah, I guess that's true. I don't know. I just don't know how you push that, because now I see Andy Samberg, and I'm like, oh, my God. But really from, like, 
Lonely Island stuff. I mean, he's so big. We love him in Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Uh, he was so good in Palm Springs. Yeah. I guess he's just not a box. I just, we just don't know. What, what went wrong with this movie? It, it had to have been the Bieber stuff. I think that's a lot of it. And, and like, it might have just been, it might have been like bad um, behind the scenes strategy too. You know, like when he was on The Voice a month before the movie came out. So maybe you need to do that a little bit closer to release. Like, I don't know where these trailers played. I don't know what movies they put them in front of in theaters. I don't know, like, what TV shows you buy ad space for and everything. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, maybe they just had some pretty rough strategy there. Because, I mean, again, like, this movie was never going to be, like, a $100 million hit. I mean, I guess it maybe could have been. But I don't think it was expected to be a $100 million hit, but it was expected to make money. On yeah. its $20 million budget, and it didn't. Yeah. So, I don't know. They did really go all out for it. Yeah, <laughs> like so it feels funny. like like we're trying to give some wild ideas, and they, they, did the, they did the damn thing. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, they really did. And it just didn't work out. Maybe this is a sign that for every other episode we've done on the show, but we're like, oh, these ideas would be so great. Really, they're just the pop star ideas. The, mo- the ideas <laughs> that would make the movie perform about as well as pop star. Maybe. Yeah. Well, um, I think we've added a lot to the marketing discussion around these films. We talked a lot about what they actually did for marketing, you know? A lot of analysis in this episode. Less jokes. Yeah, because I don't... uh, (laughs) They did such a... They... I mean, they didn't do a good job, apparently, but they did do a good job. Like, it just wasn't enough to get people's attention. No, maybe another thing, too, is like... You know, I would say, like, maybe the mockumentary style isn't something that people love... Yeah, I mean... Except for The Office and Parks and Rec. Yeah, I mean, I remember kind of seeing it, and I was like, is this going to be dumb? But I also knew it was The Lonely Island. And I saw it, and I was like, this was dumb, but it was funny. Like some Napoleon Dynamite kind of stuff, you know? Yeah. Like, so dumb that it's funny. And, like, everyone loves Napoleon Dynamite. Why don't we love Carl for real? I don't know. Well, all I know (laughs) is R.I.P. Connor for real. We need to wrap this one up. Um, go watch Popstar if you haven't seen it. It's really a delight, um, to almost everyone. Not almost everyone, apparently. To really not that many people. <laughs> um, and go watch Palm Springs if you haven't seen it, because, uh... That is very good. Yeah. It is a really good movie. So very good. Alright, um, so find us on Twitter, uh, and Instagram at Marketers Cut. Find the podcast anywhere you can find podcasts or on YouTube. Learn more at marketerscut.com. I want to thank Jacob Wall for his art. You can find more of his work on Instagram at Jacob Art Wall. And um, next week, uh, I don't really want to announce what we're doing, but let's just say it's COVID-related, I think. Bing, bing, bing. <laughs> um, again, if you follow us on Twitter, we'll do little teasers about our next episode, little trivia games to play along with. So it's a fun time. Follow us. And um, that's about it for today. Anything you want to end the episode with? Any cool sounds you want to use on your microphone? Okay, so this one I'm not doing cool sounds. I'm going to learn how to be a sports announcer. Okay. Uh, so right now I'm watching a, a basketball game. Okay. Oh, he's running to the other side of the court. He's throwing it right up in the hoop. Um, then he misses, and another guy is now grabbing it and also running to the other side of the, to the other basket. And he also shoots it, and uh, 
He makes that one, but then another guy has it, and now he's running to the other side of the court. And he's now trying to shoot it in the hoop. <laughs> 